0: Hey, as you can tell by my shirt, if you're watching this episode, if you're listening to it, then what are you doing? You should be watching it. Uh, it's going to be great. I am. I'm excited to have Coach Mark Berikov on from the Oklahoma City University Stars. We're going to talk a little bit about his journey. Uh, we're going to get into talking about uh, his his uh, his his player here from Utah, YG. How the season's been going? Um, I'm really excited. I got to go visit their campus and watch the team play. Uh, It's a beautiful campus. It's a great city, and I'm excited to have Coach on, so let's get to it. This is the Utah High School Hoops podcast, your source for sometimes informative, but always entertaining coverage of the Utah High School Hoops scene with your host, Adam Beek. Hey, good morning, afternoon, or evening, or whatever time it is that you were deciding to listen or watch this. You made a great decision. If you've gotten to this point, you've really made a great decision. This is going to be a fantastic interview. I'm joined here, if you can see on the screen, by Coach Mark Berikov. Coach, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Been looking forward to doing this for a while. I'm glad it, we finally connected.
0: <laughs> finally, we finally connected. It was so great to be able to go out there. So uh, when I went out with aj so you know that was my first time in oklahoma city uh super underrated city just in general i thought i i traveled i literally have traveled all around the world for my full-time job i've been in a lot of cities in the u.s and i was like i i get why people like this city i get why they'd want to come here Uh, how long have you been in oklahoma city coach
1: wow so i want to say 12 years now um yeah, for a Southern California guy, born and raised, um, Oklahoma City has gotten so much better. I married my wife in '95, and she's from Oklahoma City. And from the time I started dating her to now, the city's exploded. I mean, it's—I I, want to say there was an article that was out that Oklahoma City is one of the like fastest rising cities to move to. It's—we've we, got beautiful neighborhoods here. I mean, you've got the Oklahoma City Thunder. The OKC baseball club, which is now the you know the Dodgers AAA team, um, yeah. I didn't know that
0: you're a huge Dodgers fan. I didn't know that was a connection. That had to be like an amazing. It's are just, you ticket holder? You got to be good. crazy to
1: have the AAA team of the Dodgers ten minutes from my house. So um, yeah, but Oklahoma City is really a really cool spot, and I'm a Southern California guy, so I I actually really like Oklahoma City, and uh, I've I've loved it. I've loved my time here.
0: And, you know, I, I think there's an underrated component of cities is what can you drive to? And so I drove up from Dallas and I was like, it's not a bad drive. Uh, it's it's a couple hours, I think, to get down. You know, you ca- you got a major international airport. The airport in Oklahoma City was awesome. I flew out of there. Um, you know, there's just some really, I, I just thought there was some cool stuff. Apparently, they're trying to build the largest tower in the world. <laughs> United States or the world or something there. I don't know. I saw some news article about it. We don't have to.
1: Break yeah, it. I don't know if that's going to go because our wind is so. There's so much wind here. I, I don't know how that's going to all fly. But yeah, that is would, the talk.
0: <laughs> it would be an architectural marvel for sure. Right. <laughs> um, well, I know that uh, part of your history, and and we'll get into you know kind of the current the current uh, season with connection here to Utah. But part of your history is, I believe you were uh, Tim Drisdom's high school coach. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. I was Tim's high school coach and his AAU coach. Was that the Rockfish? Is that what it was? Los
1: Angeles Rockfish, that is correct. Yeah, Tim Tim and I go back to like 2000. Okay. Um, So we won a CIF championship his junior year, and uh, his senior year we got upset in the semifinals, but... I have a really good connection. So Tim, obviously I coached, but the, with, with university of Utah, when Majeris was there, um, you know, Tim, you know, Tim played for Utah and then Richard Cheney, Bryant Markson, Justin Hawkins. I mean, we're all kind of, we're all kind of connected and, and coach Majeris was really good to me and young in my career actually helped me get a real, a good job out in California after I left Calvary Chapel and uh, Rick, Coach Majerus was really good to me, and I, I Jeff Strom, who was an assistant, I still remained a really good remain uh, relationship with Coach Strom. So there's there's a really good connection between me and Utah. So
0: that's cool. And there is a there there is a very real uh, familial sort of like you know I, I I'll say brotherhood, but it's it's been cool to see the advancements that women are having. In the game as well, and so we'll 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 use the term brotherhood because I know it's been used before, but it's like there's just an interconnectedness I feel like to coaches that's that's a bond that very few industries really share. It seems like so uh, that doesn't surprise me um, at all, and I think I actually go to I go to church with uh, with Richard Cheney as a matter of fact. Oh, nice, yeah, that's uh, that's fun out here. Um, well, how did you get interested in basketball? So, I, like I said, I know I know just from social media that you're a huge baseball fan. Um, is that something you always grew up around? You know, was it the was it the Showtime Lakers that, you know, <laughs> just tell me, like, how did you get how did you get to love the game?
1: Um, You know, growing up in Southern California, obviously, yes, Laker fan, Rams fan, Dodger fan, you name it, everything. We're all for L.A. other than the Clippers. No one's a Clipper fan, don't. I, I don't know any Clippers fans except for Bill one. Simmons.
0: Anyway, Bill Simmons
1: is a Clippers fan, right? Uh, Bill Simmons, ah. You know. <laughs> um, no, you know what? I, I grew up playing basketball. Um, okay. I played high school basketball at your Christian High School. Uh, played college basketball at Nebraska Christian College. Um, my dad played football in college. My dad was a football coach. My brother and I, my younger brother, who's a high school coach in Southern California, Um we grew up playing soccer, basketball, football, and we all like a typical, all Southern California kids, you get to that eighth grade point and you decide, are you going to play soccer, football, basketball? And both my brother and I chose football or I chose football and basketball and baseball. He chose basketball, but we grew up playing basketball. Um, but my love for the Dodgers has always been since I was a little kid. I mean, I was born and raised the Dodger fan going to the games. Um, I, you know, when you, when you coach so much basketball, you got to have an outlet and the Dodgers are my outlet. I mean, I know, I know the, the 18 and 17 year olds that the Dodgers just signed with in the Dominican all the way up. I'm, I'm a diehard, probably too much of a diehard. It probably overtakes my life, but um, you know, just growing up as a Southern California kid um, you know, as a Southern California kid, you're always, always rooting for the LA teams. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of a little bit how I got into it. Hopefully that explains a little bit of my passion.
0: Right, except the Clippers. And what about yeah, the Chargers? Yeah, Where do true. the Chargers land, or the the Angels? Or these all kind of just like, eh? well, you you can root for them if you want to. But.
1: No, I don't root for the Angels, Chargers, any of those.
0: <laughs> no, no. Got it. That, that it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you a question about that because I think this is really interesting. So you've been you've been around the game for so long, and and you talk about growing up playing multiple sports. And I was the same way. I did everything. I mean, it didn't matter if it was ping pong or football or flag football or basketball or baseball or karate, it was, I just remember doing stuff all the time. And even when I got to high school, I played, I played three sports. Have you noticed now, you know, that you're, you're coaching and you're in a college that are, are, are kids focusing, you know, and kind of like specializing maybe a bit early? Or has that, re- ha- do you think that's helped the game in some ways as well? It's not binary, I don't think, right? It's not just like this is bad. Like, I hate when people are like, the past was great and the present sucks because that's never true. There's always good and bad about both of them. But just talk to me about, about that. Are, are you seeing, what well, I guess what are you seeing i guess with kids today when they when they come up to the college ranks because it it's hard to play ncaa basketball we'll get into that here in a second but it's it's not a walk in the park for sure
1: so i think you could when i was a kid we were on the street playing like in the front yard and you know playing football when the you know between the two light poles and then we'd go into our our driveway and we were shooting in the driveway And then we were getting yelled at from our parents playing wiffle ball in the front yard and, you know, ruining the grass where the batter's box are. You just don't see that anymore with kids playing outside. Now, you know, you're saying past in the future. Yes. I mean, things are a little different now. Kids have more access to indoor facilities. We didn't have that. It was like we would sneak into gyms, you know, and hopefully the janitor or security didn't find us. And we would, we would, that was like the biggest moment of our lives is, sneaking in like we snuck into biola university all the time and they always we always knew the door that was open. and to go play indoors was like a big moment for us oh yeah yes kids are specializing in sports um i'm not gonna say i'm on the i'm on the fence either way like if you want to specialize that that's their choice i really like all the different kids that play different sports when Mm -hmm. i coached high school basketball i loved when my guys played football Maybe from the simple point of, I played high school football, so I liked going to the games and watching them play and standing on the sidelines. But I always liked them doing different things. Um, But today, right now, I mean, kids are playing. They're playing summer ball. They're playing fall ball. They're playing their high school season. They take a couple weeks off, and they're right into it right after the playoffs. That's good or bad. I don't know. Um, I think that's every kid's and parent's choice. But I definitely see specialization quite a bit. Now, I like the multiple sport athlete. I like when I'm recruiting a kid and he said, yeah, I played high school football or I played baseball. I played soccer. Uh, But that's just me personally. I I don't think there's anything wrong either way.
0: Right. I, I, I was reminded of an interview with Steve Nash where he talked about somebody asked him, how do you see the floor so well? And he said, well, I grew up playing soccer. And the, the interviewer is kind of like, well, oh, OK, well, what is that? And, you know, he just talked about seeing angles. And, you know, when when you're playing midfield, it's a lot like playing point guard. And, you know, I, I, there, there's also scientific articles out there about repetitive motion injuries and things like that. So there is data, I think, to support, you know, what, what you're saying is what you're talking about. But it's it's harder because it's almost as though every sport is, you know, like to be a football player. Now they've got these seven on seven things and they've got year round lifting. And so I get it. Right. I mean, parents, it's, it's a tough deal. And, and I think you're right. You know, just make the best decision for you, for your family, for your kid. Um, because you know, at some point in time, you're going to stop playing competitive sports and you want to take the lessons you learn, the people you meet, um, and that's going to carry you a lot further. Um, so, uh, let's, let's, let's do this real quick. All right. Uh, I mentioned to you, I got I got a wonderful sponsor. They're great. Uh, Their name is Ruby. I'm going to play a quick ad and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about OCU season this year. Uh, We'll get into a little bit on um, on Skyline High School's uh, freshman there, uh, YG, and what he's been contributing. uh, I was just at the Skyline game last night, as I was mentioning, they won in overtime. It was a great game. Uh, so we'll get into that right here after the break with coach Mark Berikov. How the heck are you supposed to eat five servings of fruits and vegetables a day? And as a mom, I think I figured it out. Ruby. Ruby is the only way open, pour, shake, drink. My kids love Ruby because it tastes so good. and. When in your life are you going to get this many fruits and vegetables in just one serving? Like I get to eat my McKee Trust me on this one. Try it once and you will not regret it. Your kids won't even complain that they have to drink it. It's that good. And you won't regret going to goruvi.com and using code ADAM15 to get 15% off your purchase. That's gorubyg-o-r-u-v-i.com. And use code Adam fifteen for fifteen percent off your purchase. All right, we are back uh, from our little break. I still I've watched that ad. I don't know how many times doing this, and I am like, I need to look up what a maki berry is. When <laughs> <laughs> like I don't even know, I don't even know what that means. Um, I did have I did have a ruby this morning after my workout. It, it really does taste great. So everyone go check it out. Um, all right, coach. So let's get into a little bit on um on OCU. Y'all are it's an NII school. Um, it's a really difficult school, I, I think, academically, from what I've heard. Right? I mean, when I it's to qualify it, it is is not easy. Right? You have to you have to be a good student, um, and and I got to watch you all play in the was it was the Abe Lemons Classic. Is that what it yep. is? Yep. Um, at the beginning of the year, great great turnout, um, awesome environment. So talk to me, I guess, first a little bit about the university. And then, uh, we' well, let's get into the season a little bit, because I know that it's, you've, it seems like you've kind of had some – it's been a bit of a roller coaster, and hopefully you're on the good part here as a yeah.
1: yeah, so um, Oklahoma City University, uh, first off, in terms of basketball, everybody probably knows for 30-some years, we were a Division One basketball program. Um, we had one of the most famous coaches ever coached here, which was Abe Lemons, um, and we are probably – the most historic NEI program in the country. We have the most national championships with six. Uh, We have 15 NBA players that played here. Uh, We have some of the most famous NEI players. We have, uh, uh, it's the basketball tradition is very, very rich here. In terms of the school itself, yes, it's a very tough academic school. Um, The standards are high. Our business school's top 30 in the country, Our, our dance, And performing arts is one of the best in the country. We've had, you know, movie stars that go here and people that go on to Broadway and and do really good things in that. Um, But Oklahoma City is a very good academic institution. Uh, Number one, um, it's about 3,000 kids or 3,000 students. Uh, We have 20 plus sports. We have 72 national championships through amongst all of our sports. Uh, we have the winningest softball coach in the history of softball, regardless of the level. Um, so there's a, we had an Olympian again a couple of years ago. So, uh, Oklahoma city is, is academically really strong and athletically is, is one of the most historic athletic institutions in the country in terms of any sports.
0: I love it. That's, that's cool to hear. I, I didn't realize all of that was true. That's amazing. Um, and so you've got you got a program here. Uh, how long have y'all been uh, in in the NAIA? Since 1980, I want
1: to say 1986.
0: Oh, okay, got it. So it's, it's been 30, a long some, run, thirty plus, yeah. Got it. Okay. Um. And so you you kind of started out the year. I know you had a. I think it was a it was a pretty big upset in one of the games that I was at early on in the year. Um. And and now you know just kind of following along with the team. You've won four out of five. Uh, Seems like maybe you're you're coming together at the right time. Um, I'm trying to remember the guy. Was it uh, Brandon and Avery, uh, two just absolute studs? You know, we we talk about YG and kind of his emergence. But just give me a little bit of commentary around how the season's been going this year.
1: Yeah, so we are – we're very young. I mean, we start – you know, YG starts as a freshman. Avery's a sophomore. We have one senior, our big kid, Jack, is a sophomore, and then we start a junior. So, and then we come off the bench with freshman, freshman, freshman. And in our league, our league is very heavy, D1, D2, transfer heavy, uh, an older league. Um, so we kind of did something different. Um, and I'll tell you, when you have a young team, we've been up and down, like I, you, you did this. That's how we've been. I mean, we, we've knocked off, you know, the Masters was pretty highly ranked. We've beat. Uh, we just won, beat USAO Science and Arts the other day, who's, you know, top of one of the top teams in our league. Sagu, we just knocked off one of the top teams in our league, a top 25 team. So we've had really good wins. We've also had some some questionable losses, but when you're young, that happens. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been beat on an 80 foot buzzer beater in the Abe Lemons Classic. So I saw we, that. We have, that was
0: crazy.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, anyways, <laughs> we have been up and down, but that's what you get with the young team. But, what I like about our group is we have really started to play well here in the last month. And uh, that's a sign of a young team that's starting to figure it out. And a lot of people say, well, maybe you're starting to figure it out too late. But um, I think we're figuring it out at the exact right time. And uh, we've, we've won four of the last five or five out of our last seven. And uh, I'm really excited about the future of the program. Brandon's our only senior and he's had a great career here. Uh, but the future is really bright we get what 13 or 14 of our guys back from this year's team and and they'll be back for three more years so the the future is really good for Oklahoma City basketball
0: that's awesome it, and uh, it, i think jack is he the, he's the big australian yeah that dude has the loudest voice of any human being alive yeah. he talks and <laughs> <laughs> you can hear him you could hear him in dallas i'm pretty sure like people in mckinney are like what was Yeah. Right up there. Um, Do you think coach that with, with such a young team kind of peaking here late in the year, is that also part of a product of you get kids who were seniors in high school and they might've been the guy, right? They were, they were the, they were the guy getting all the buckets. They were, the coaches run all the plays through them. You know, they were the talk of the town, whatever it is. And then they come to college and they have to adjust to a, a role, is there an adjustment period, not just to the speed of the game? Because like you mentioned, there's D1 and D2 kids who are there playing. There's a speed of the game, but also just an adjustment to a- acceptance of a role. Is that something that you're starting to see happen?
1: So that's a great, great topic you brought up. So I've been doing this for 30 years, and I learn something new every year. What I didn't take into account this year was I, I knew we were going to be young, which is fine. Uh, that, that wasn't my worry, my worry or not my worry, but what has ended up happening is, is I did not take into account when you bring in young kids who have, like you said, have been successful, were the best players on their team. A lot of these kids haven't experienced failure before. And so they come to college and they've got the weight room, they've got study hall, they've got classes, they've got practice and it's a never ending cycle like for them. And it's, it wears them down. And freshmen go through a, a process of adjusting to that, having to get up on their own or not having class on Monday till noon. And they're trying to figure out when did I get to the calf to eat? When do I get my shots up? And I think I think for freshmen, that's a lot. And that's, that's any level. Um, you know, I think people question NEI, and I think they're really mistaken because NEI is as good as any is as good as a low major. A lot of these top level NEI teams are as good as low major D1s. And if you've seen, there's been some NEI teams this year that have beat D1s. Yep. Um, And our league in particular, I can't speak for any of the NEI leagues out there, but our league is full of NEI or D1 and D2 transfers. Guys that have played at the highest level that are playing NEI for whatever reason. And then you put an 18 year old freshman against a 23, 24 year old junior and senior there's a whole different – there's men, man strength versus 18-year-old strength. And I think that's what happens to freshmen when they come into any level. Um, and, and if you notice across the country, it's hard for freshmen to play at any level. Yep. And, what we, and what we're doing, we start an 18-year-old freshman at our point guard spot. We bring off Clayton, Bo, James Cloud. These kids are all freshmen that come off of our bench, and we're throwing them out there for 32, 33 games – and that's kind of what happened for us. Freshmen are up and down. And when you're a young team, you're going to have up and down moments. So hopefully I touched on the topic yeah. that we talked about. No, I mean, no, it's
0: great. I think, I think it's, it's, it's such a good point and something that's often overlooked, especially, I don't want to be the get off my lawn, you know, like guy who talks about the old times. I really don't. However, in the age of, instant gratification, social media, I want something, transfer portals, all this kind of stuff. I think there's something to be learned about just grit. There's something to be learned about struggles and getting through it. I My uh, my, my sister's a writer for Yahoo Sports and she interviewed a uh, coach, uh, Spolstra, and he talked about Jaime Jaquez and how they really liked him because he developed this sort of gritty attitude by, by competing for four years at the same college at UCLA. Um, And, and I think there's just something about that, that I hope we see a, a, a bit of a return to, right. Which is this idea of like, when things are hard, I don't leave when things are hard. I go through it. I stick with it. I build, you know, build a community, build connections in a city. I think there's something that's just missing about that.
1: So what you're talking about is the direction we decided to do at Oklahoma city. The the portal has changed everything. It it is, it has really changed for the high school kids. It's hurt them. Um, But you can see different programs are using the portal and are being super, super successful. We, as a staff, we just took a step back and said, what can we do to bring our culture? What we want, how do we do that and how do we do it differently than maybe anybody else and we decided to go with high school freshmen. We, we haven't, I mean, we have a ton of high school freshmen on our team. And we kind of went into Australia and got kids. But that's the, the, the route we took. We said we would love for these kids to stay here for four years at Oklahoma City, graduate. We could build within. So when kids, you know, we, we slowly build the process. You bring in a couple more high school kids that build into the culture. And it keeps building. So that's the direction we took. And, and it's a different thing than most people are doing. and it and it's a tough thing. It's you really got to be uh, strong in your belief in what you're doing and and the, what you're wanting to build because high school freshmen, like I said, high school freshmen have not had failure or or college freshmen have not had failure. In high school, they're always the stud. They're the star. And if they have a bad game, they're gonna have three really good games after that in college. It's like sometimes, it's three, four, five games in a row where they're really struggling, and then they start questioning themselves: "Am I really that good?" And but that's the route we took. So the portal is amazing; it's helped so many programs, and so many people are being really successful with it. We just decided to go a different route and do something different, and it's paid off for us. I, I really like where we're at.
0: Well, let's let's uh, kind of start wrapping up here, but I do want to talk about one of those college freshmen, which you know, as I mentioned, played, uh, played at skyline who I got to go watch. They won their first round playoff game um, in overtime over woods cross. It was a great game. Um, And, you know, there, there's still, you know, just kind of these remnants of YG at skyline, right? Like what, (laughs) what the imprint that he could have on that team, it's, it's still a, a great team with some good guard play. You can tell there were some guys who, who were learned under him while he was there. And then also, are, are stepping in to fill in, fill, you know, as best they can. Right. I mean, it's hard to replace a guy like that. Um, so as it seems like, as I've been following along, his role has just kind of steadily increased there. I think he's now your third leading scorer. I think he's leading the team in assists. What has his development meant to, to OCU this season? And has that been a big catalyst for, you know, as you mentioned winning five of the last seven and four of the last five.
1: Yeah, first off, Tim Drisdom sent me this text about this kid, and I'm like, all right, Tim, let's let's look at it. And, you know, you get a lot of texts from people you trust, and Tim is one guy that I trust 100%. He says, I've got a kid, no-brainer, and it was YG. And um, I fell in love with this kid from the moment I saw him. Um, yes, he, he came into our program. He is a kid that I don't think has has experienced much failure in his life in terms of basketball in Utah, and he came in here – you know, chest all out, ready to go. And, you know, he really – he got kind of hit in the face right away that this is pretty good level of basketball. His numbers are great. He's averaging almost 11 a game, three boards, almost four assists. He's shooting almost 40% from three. He's had some 20-plus games this year. He's really playing well of late. So what YG has figured out, things like I can't do certain things that I got away with in high school. And that's been the biggest thing with him, coaching him, is he's a sponge – like, he really is wanting to learn the game. But when you have had some habits that you were able to take, take advantage of in high school, some of the layups that he does that he got away with in high school, those things are getting slammed off the glass here in our league. And he has really adjusted well every single game. Like, playing off of two feet is something big for him. Um, I, I always called Tim and said, Tim, this is what we got to work with, with with YG in the spring and summer. Help me with this. And then Tim talks to YG, and it's like the next day, YG's he's working on that. Mm. He's a sponge. Um, he has been, he's you know, one, he's academically brilliant, he's great in the classroom, he's a great teammate. He's he's for an 18 year old. We ask him to do a lot, and I think sometimes as a coaching staff, we don't look at him as an 18 year old, and I think sometimes we forget that like this kid is really 18 and 19 years old, and we're asking him to run our team. And the, the experience that he's getting this year is invaluable. He's been great. I mean, to get a kid out of Salt Lake City in Oklahoma, I mean, we were able to get an absolute gem and beat out a lot of people for a kid that's really helped our program. He's been he's been
0: amazing. I love it. I love it. And I was, I was actually excited to see. I've been a huge uh, Jordan Oberholzer fan. I was excited to see you guys offered him. Um, I, I've watched him play since he was in middle school. Uh, got to watch him play with Congo last year. Uh, he's he's another one of those like one of those kids that I think is gonna is gonna do some great things. So I'll be I'll be pulling for him to to uh, become a star someday. Um, <laughs> so that was really great. Well, Coach, we're we're wrapping up here uh, at the end of our time. So um, tell me, what does the rest of the season look like? Do you is is it for sure? Is there a tournament that you know like like the you know like the NCAA tournament equivalent for the NAIA? um how does that how does that work or is your season like we play our, re, our conference tournament and then it's over tell me what does the rest of the season look like for you and how can people follow along
1: so for us i i think i think what's going to end up happening regardless of what happens i think we're we're done on saturday uh we didn't take care of business in a game a couple weeks ago so i think we're gonna end up i think we're gonna end up in ninth out of out of what 12 teams in our league which disappointing but we're finishing strong, but no, there, there is a, so we have the Sooner Athletic Conference tournament. You got to finish in the top eight. And then after that, we have a national tournament, which is one of the most historic uh, national tournaments in the country. It's in Kansas city. Uh, it's just like an NCAA tournament with the bracket and, and, and that. So um, that's coming up here in mid-March. And uh, I think we've got two or three teams in our league that are going to make a run for a national championship. Our league is really strong this year, but um Yeah, our conference tournament here is in about a week. Our season for our our season ends on Saturday for everybody in our league. And, uh, you know, for us, if that's how it ends up, we're going to get back in the weight room here really soon and get back going. And a lot of these young guys are super excited to keep working. And uh, but no, if people want to fall along in in mid-March in Kansas City is the NAIA national tournament. And it's one of the toughest tournaments in the country. So it's something people really need to keep an eye on. And and don't sleep on the NEI it's it's incredible level of basketball and uh, it's very tough to play and uh, you don't see what we're doing many freshmen and sophomores playing it's a lot of juniors and seniors so but yeah i think people really need to do their research on the NEI kids out in, in the utah area it's a very good level of basketball
0: i totally agree i mean i i've been preaching this for a while that regardless of the level if you can go play in college if you have an opportunity to play in college and if you have an opportunity to have part or all of your college covered financially because of the game of basketball, then you are you are a blessed individual. you should be excited about that. It should be celebrated by everybody. Um, and to your point, I mean D2, NAIA, D3, um, Juco, you know even some of the NCCAA schools, there's really good basketball out there to be played and if you can continue your career, uh, players and that's that's awesome. Um, you know, and parents, it's it's not D one or bust. There's a ton of D one players who are playing at these other levels. So yeah, and,
1: and, and you're 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 spot on. And I know we're wrapping this up, but my last thing to say is, parents, please and kids, do your research and make sure you find the right fit. Sometimes the higher level is not the right fit. Do your do your research. Make sure you find the right fit with the coaching staff, the institution, academically, the team do your research and please stop worrying about the level, find the right spot for you as a family.
0: Yep. Athletically and academically. Right. Um, and yeah. geographically sometimes. I mean, there, there is, there is components to that as well. So very well said coach. Thank you so much for coming on everyone. Uh, you can follow uh coach on, on Twitter. I can't call it X. I just can't do it. I'm so sorry, Elon. You'll never listen to this. Um, but uh, follow coach. You can follow along with the OCU team. Also, on Twitter and um, best of luck to you as you wrap up the season and I'm looking forward to uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll try to catch a game. Uh, sounds like next year when, when you've built this team and y'all are playing in the, the NAI tournament, it'd be fun to go out and, and it. watch. All right. Well, thanks coach. I appreciate you. Thanks guys.